0: We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. Uh, it's gives us the life. Live. The reality is, he is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God.
1: Father Randall Kazel, I am so glad to be back here at the Church of, of St. Michael, that is, in Pine Island, Minnesota. It's been... Over like three months, right? Since we've it done has. the show together, I'm yeah. Matt Wilkham, along again with Father Randall Kazel. You're listening to Real Presence live on the RPR network. Thanks for thanks for hosting the show here again from your uh, your church offices.
2: Oh, we're happy to have you back. It's great to have RPR in our area, and as well as being here and being able to be with you and our good listeners here this morning.
1: And uh, as we always like to do, we uh, will open the show this morning with the a prayer that you have in mind here to the holy to the holy ghost?
2: Yes, and let us begin in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And let us ask the help of our blessed mother. Hail Mary, full, full of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed, blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Jesus. Holy Mary, mother, mother of God, pray, pray for us sinners, now and at, at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. We pray for the aid of the Holy Spirit for all the souls uh, who are listening and throughout the church, come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And St. Joseph, pray, pray for, for us. us. In name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen.
1: St. Joseph, especially this year now, pray oh, for
2: us. Yeah, what a blessing our Holy Father surprised us with here two days ago, December 8th, announcing a year of St. Joseph for the whole church uh, for December 8th this year through December 8th next year, 2021. And then here in the Archdiocese, we're celebrating a year of St. Joseph as well. The Archdiocese St. Paul, Minneapolis, our Archbishop Habda named this year as a local special devotion as well. So we're very excited to get St. Joseph out in the front And get him praying for us in a unique and powerful way, a conscientious way for us to be devoted to him and count on his help.
1: I'm kind of jealous that the archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, kind of got a jump on this. I'm just wondering if Archbishop had he if did he have a line on this already? Like, did you see this coming?
2: Well, sure. Well, I don't know that, but it sure seems like it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I
1: I was able to uh, 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 on our diocese and our DOWR Facebook page. I reposted, uh, shared a a beautiful picture that was commissioned just this year of of St. Joseph holding the Christ child, uh, and he's holding his hand up. It's just a very powerful picture if you go on on to our Facebook page, our uh, Winona Rochester Facebook page, that is, uh, from Father Donald Calloway, who, of course, is a great promoter. Uh, in this day and age of the consecration to St. Joseph. And you're holding the book right now.
2: Yeah, I'm holding that book right here. And I was just paging through here. I think that picture, yeah, that picture is here in the back of the book. The Commissioned Art from is Mother it? Calloway. I'm pretty sure it is. I, uh,
1: I just ordered uh, the book myself yeah, yesterday. Oh, I, you're,
2: you're going to love this book. If you don't have this book, it's probably this one right here. Yep, there it yeah, is. St. Joseph with the child Jesus and the lily and surrounded by saints. Uh, so the idea is is that, especially we learn in this book, uh, our Lord gives devotion to St. Joseph, and those devoted to him will be called to receive some special graces, some very special graces. This is a time for saints. So our good faithful here and out listening wherever you may be, St. Joseph wants to help us be holy, and he's going to lead the way. He's going to be our protector.
1: Absolutely. And I'm sure we'll be talking more about this topic uh, later, well, throughout the year. Yes. This year dedicated to St. Joseph. Well, thank you, Holy Father, Pope Francis, for this wonderful gift and uh, just the, uh, that beautiful piece of art. I just, I just can't get that out of my mind. The Holy Joseph Protector of the Universal Church and, uh, and of Families. That's right. Uh, Myself being a father, a beautiful piece of art. And uh, speaking of beauty, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, beauty and art in a different form, in the form that is of the theater. And to help us out with this, we have on the phone Jeremy Stanberry, who was the founder and executive director of Open Window Theater. Jeremy Stanberry, welcome to Real Presence
0: Live. Thank you very much. It's a great pleasure to be with you.
2: Good morning, Jeremy. Father Kiesel, great to have you on the radio this morning. Thank you, Father.
1: Since it's your first time, Jeremy, joining us on Real Presence Live, can you just take a couple minutes to tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Absolutely. Um, I'm a husband and father of six little ones uh, at home, and uh, my wife and I reside in the St. Paul area of the Twin Cities. And... um, Way back in uh, 2003, I started a Catholic theater production company called Epiphany Studio Productions, and uh, started writing, performing, and touring with original one-man shows on Lives of the Saints and Gospel Stories. And and a couple years later, uh, the woman who would become my wife joined me in that work, and we toured these shows across the country and around the world for... Um, eight years uh, before starting Open Window Theater. So we started to have a family and had our first child, and it was becoming more difficult to keep touring around. And so we decided to start uh, a local theater in the Twin Cities, Open Window Theater, uh, to really expand our mission in what we call uh, our redemptive mission in the arts and try to reach an even broader audience here locally and kind of establish our family more. And uh, so that started in 2011, Open Window Theater. We were growing for five years down in Minneapolis and uh, and then ran into some problems with uh, uh, the property we were leasing down there, had to move out, went on a few-year hiatus, and finally was able to resurrect Open Window Theater uh, with God's help and grace right at the start of 2020, which um, you know, in case anyone wasn't isn't aware, not a great time to have <laughs> reopened yeah. an, an indoor <laughs> entertainment venue, right? <laughs> That's but right. Uh, but you know, God's hand has been in the midst of the you know has been guiding our work from the beginning. God's hand was in the midst of bringing us back, and so we know that He has a great and glorious plan for all of this. And and um, and yeah, we've actually been running a show uh, recently, both in person and virtually, and then the in-person got shut down again. I know we'll talk a little bit about that, but that kind of gives you, in a nutshell, um, my story.
1: (laughs) Uh, Jeremy, I'm just amazed at, you know, how you've been able to not only keep this theater alive, but to now grow it, even in the midst of a pandemic. I mean, with all of the adversity that you have faced, not only with the pandemic, but with your previous landlords in Minneapolis coming through, um, winning in the end, uh, that whole ordeal, but it stretched on and on, but you kept the faith, you persevered, and now you're still producing high quality productions that are inspiring, that are educational, and that are beautiful, And uh, I just want to... I know that you, you, a huge influence on your life has been Pope St. John Paul II. What role did he play in your feeling called to start this work uh, just from the beginning?
0: Yeah, a huge role. Um, So when I first went off to college, my faith was not a big part of my life, uh, unfortunately, like a lot of Catholic young adults. And... uh, and you know, but in the, the seeds had been planted. You know, the the seeds of faith had been planted by my mother and and others uh, as I was growing up. And so I went through a real life crisis and crisis of faith. Um, you know, near the end of my freshman year of college, and and it was during my sophomore year of college that I really experienced a profound conversion of heart and uh, came back to the faith in a big way. And um, uh, and then that, you know, that was actually provided a lot of conflict for me. Right. Because going through a a secular theater program at a major university, I was at the University of Nebraska in Lincoln. um, You know, I was encountering a lot of the moral conflicts with my faith (laughs) and it was difficult to persevere in that. I was actually on scholarship. I had the top performing arts scholarship for actors two years in a row down there. But it was during my junior year of college that I had to make a really difficult decision. And, and I decided to stop auditioning for plays, which was unheard of for a theater major and someone on scholarship to stop auditioning for the plays. But I knew I needed to do that just for my own spiritual well-being. And I got more involved in the Newman Center, was attending daily mass in the evenings, which is normally when we'd have you know rehearsals and performances. And, and that was a difficult decision, but... It ended up being the best decision for me to grow really spiritually in that time and, and uh, decided to persevere and still finish my theater degree. But, you know, and, and stop auditioning for shows. I mean, I essentially forfeited my scholarship, but I just surrendered all that to the Lord. And it was during that time that my mom sent me a copy of The Jeweler Shop, which is a play that uh, Pope St. John Paul II wrote, and not as Pope, but he actually wrote it as, as bishop. And um, uh, The Jewelers Shop, that he wrote several plays, but that's the most well-known. And, uh, and I, I was fascinated by that. She sent me an article or something about his life in the theater, his life as an artist. And, and, and in fact, there was a kind of a, a preface or a forward to that, that book version of The Jewelers Shop that told about his history involved with the theater and, and the underground theater during Nazi occupation of Poland, and I was just fascinated by that. And so I started learning more about you know that that time in his life, that, that younger time in his life, and and um, uh, and just felt a real affinity to him, just as an artist and as a theater artist. And then I read his 1999 letter to artists, and that was a profound experience for me. And it turns out, you know, his letter to artists is really what has inspired my life's work and uh, and guided me um, all these years. And then, and then I ended up, you know, one of my first traveling plays was a one man show about his life, his young life called Lolek uh, about all the experiences uh, and influences that helped form and shape this great man And uh, uh, during the Nazi occupation of Poland. And, um, and that was written. I started performing it while he was still alive, still Pope. And now this year in 2020, uh, I've completely rewritten the play as a three-person show for the Open Window Theater stage, and it's been incredibly well-received.
2: Wow, Jeremy, it's great to have you with us. We're at Real Presence Radio. We're with Jeremy Stanberry from Open Window Theater here with uh, Matt and myself, uh, Father Kazel at the Church of St. Michael. Uh, Jeremy, uh, inspiring to hear your own inner story of of deepening your conversion and friendship with our Lord and how this transitioned into works of beauty, including Lolek, which I, I saw your previous one, your previous version, and some others of your work. I'm uh, inspired to see uh, the next one, this rewrite. I'm excited to hear your work. Uh, I'm wondering, as I was listening to you and hearing about this inner dynamic, how, how has the, the inner dynamic of the, the call of our, uh, John Paul II in the 1999 letter inspired your heart to want to inspire other hearts. Can you share a little more about that and some more of the work that you're committed to and wanting to inspire people with what the the flame that's inside of you for our Lord? Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's a good question. So the parent organization for Open Window Theater is called Epiphany Studio Productions. And that was the touring Catholic Theater Company that I started back in 2003. And uh, and that, that just the name of that company came from his letter to artists. You know, in his letter to artists, he and it's a letter written to the artists of the world, and um, uh, and I think of you know some of his writings can be very dense.
3: <laughs> yes, you know, he was such a <laughs> yep.
0: profound. He's such a profound philosophical mind, and uh, but this letter to artists is relatively short and is such an easy read. I mean, I just recommend it to everybody, artists or not, because you know it's so. Inspiring and rich, and, and can be helpful to all of our Christian journeys—not just artists, but but especially artists. And and but in it, he calls specifically Christian artists to cooperate with God's grace and cooperate with the Holy Spirit in creating new epiphanies of beauty in our time. You know, he he recognized, uh, of course, the church has always been a great patron of the arts, and uh, you know, and, and and Saint John Paul II, as an artist himself, really recognized. That you know the the church needs art. Or the church needs art in order to you know effectively communicate the gospel to the world. You know because um, we're yeah, art is the best means I think of, of communicating the 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 uh, inexplicable. Right? I mean, our faith is all about mysteries. You know, or just life is about mysteries. Our faith is about mysteries. It Could be very hard to communicate those. With just words and ideas alone. But art, you know, allows us to use um, uh, imagery and and symbolism and and, and things in in such a way that speaks directly to the mind, heart, and soul uh, of a person to help lift us, to help lift our minds, hearts, and souls to God and give us a glimpse of God who is beauty. God is beauty. Thank uh, you,
2: Jeremy. We're we're going to cut away for a little break here for a few moments, and we'll be right back to pick up there. We're with Jeremy Stanberry and Real Presence Radio. Thank you for listening.
0: Stay with us. There's more Real Presence live to
3: come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with an end-of-year gift planning tip. With the end of the year approaching, a charitable gift can help you support our mission and receive tax benefits. In addition to gifts of cash, here is a gift strategy worth considering. Gifts of appreciated assets such as securities or real estate are an excellent way for you to help our cause. Securities may be transferred directly to us while real estate is transferred through a deed. These gifts will not affect your cash flow, and they provide the following tax benefits. A charitable deduction to help you save on taxes, a bypass of federal and state capital gains taxes, and an avoidance of tax on net investment income. To learn more about these strategies and the benefits of making an end of your gift, please call or visit our website today at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started.
2: Real Presence Radio will host Dr. Ray Garendi as keynote speaker of our virtual fundraising banquet on Thursday, December 10th. We hope you can join us. Dr. Ray speaks on many topics concerning the Catholic faith, apologetics, and family life. He is host of The Doctor Is In, which can be heard weekdays on RPR. For more information or to register, go to realpresenceradio.com banquet or contact Jessica at 877-795-0122.
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area, heard right here on the RPR Network. It's 17 minutes past the hour
1: here on Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilcom, Communications Director for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, along with the Pastor of the Church of St. Michael, not me, but I'm... What I mean to say is Father Randall Kazel, who does have a collar on, is sitting across the table from me. We're social distancing. We're, we're, we're spaced out enough, I think. Yes. Um, I'm a father of three children, but he, Father Kazel, is the father of this wonderful faith community here in Pine Island, Minnesota.
2: Yeah, and there's a few more also in Zambroda and Bell Creek, Goodhue, Belchester. We say hi to all the good people here in this area.
1: Which is also in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, which is also where... The guest that we're talking to right now resides just uh, uh, in the outer suburbs of St. Paul. He has a wonderful theater, open window theater, Jeremy Stanberry, who is the founder and executive director of this wonderful uh, uh, initiative to bring beauty into the world. Uh, Again, Jeremy, welcome back to Real Presence Live.
0: Thank you very much. It's really a pleasure to be with you.
1: And uh we were talking a little bit about earlier uh in the first segment uh your story of how you established o- uh, Epiphany Studio Productions how did you go from Epiphany Studio to now now the name Open Window how, how what was the genesis for that change
0: Yeah thank you um well uh, I'll I'll try to be succinct in this answer <laughs> The um uh so one of the great benefits of, of art uh, in society is that art puts a window up. It puts a, uh, or I'm sorry, a, a mirror up to, to the human person into society, right? It puts a mirror up to us so we can uh, really see and reflect upon, especially the ways in which we fall short <laughs> and the ways in which we need to improve. And uh, but, but too much of the problem in secular society is that you know, secular art is really good at kind of exploring and grappling with the darkness of the human condition, but they don't know what to do with it. They don't know where to go with it. And oftentimes in that, um, they end up glorifying uh, that which is evil or the darkness of the human human condition. Uh, but as Christians, we, we, we know the solution to the problem, right? And And the problem where art kind of transitions into propaganda is when we start to get a little too preachy in that message. But, but you know, our goal is to kind of just, you know, produce thought-provoking art uh, with tremendous beauty um, that it helps lead people towards coming to uh, new revelations, conclusions on their own of God's goodness, God's presence, God's work in our lives and in the world. And in that sense, we want to be not just a, a window, like we, we do explore, I'm sorry, a mirror, We do explore the darkness of the human condition in the work that we do, but beyond just being a mirror, we also want to be a window, a window to the divine, a window that, you know, provides a vision uh, for positive change, the possibility for positive change in human beings and in society and kind of where that ultimate source comes from, right? And uh, uh, so that's kind of where that window imagery comes from, is we believe that art in its essence, in its truest form, is a window to the divine, because God is beauty, and we want to open that window wide.
2: Wow, that's beautiful, Jeremy. That's fantastic. That that's exactly what we need to do. Because I, one of the things I I tend to think when I look out on the world and I see our Lord as um, the answer for everything is God has a love for drama. He has a love for bringing people to the decision. And isn't that what we classically think of uh, a drama and that you present in, in so many different ways and the beauty that you do that people are brought to a point of decision and what do they decide? You know, what is, what is going to happen inside themselves? What is their action going to be? It's a kind of a, um, a way in which have, things have always turned out, including from Adam and Eve to our Blessed Mother at the Annunciation uh, to the uh, decisions of St. Joseph. Um, and here you're putting it in a kind of drama. Um, can you describe um, what are some of the more the core principles that you strive to do as you look ahead? You know, what what kinds of things are you looking to do in your shows to show people what to think about and how to reflect upon your work?
0: Well, you know, the the current play that we have running right now, Lolek, is, is a great example of kind of what we're all about, and what we try to do. So let me uh, talk a little bit about that play. And I mean, we you know, we actually uh, brought that play back against all odds. To do some in-person uh, performances this fall, you know, with all the the mandated COVID precautions in place, and, and then some. So we were operating as, as safely as possible. No instances of COVID, but you know, still four weeks later, um, indoor entertainment venues were shut down again. Of course, in the state of Minnesota, and that's been really tough for us. But we're also doing that play virtually, so it is online, and people can watch Lolek virtually. Our virtual performances, which are extremely high quality. Very immersive and really bring you into onto stage with the actors and into the story. So, people can check that out, uh, unless I forget later, at our website, openwindowtheater.org. Openwindowtheater, R org uh, to check out those virtual performances. Um, but, you know, Lolek, the, the beautiful thing about, you know, the, the, the life of John Paul II, the life of any saint, is one, when you really delve into their lives, you realize these people were, were fully human, right? Because uh, oftentimes we can get kind of this this idea of the saints. We put them up on pedestals, which we should, right? Because they are kind of the ideal examples of how to live the gospel of Jesus Christ fully, and that we're all called to be saints. But sometimes we can get this sense that you know the saints are so far removed from from us in our daily lives and and how we're living. But that's not true at all. And you look at Saint John Paul II's life. I mean, he lived through in his younger life. You know, one of the darkest and, and most seemingly hopeless times in human history, and, uh, and surrounded by by suffering and loss and tragedy himself, you know, and he was just like a normal a normal guy, and, you know, to see the, the the light of faith and hope that he carried out of that is such an inspiration for all of us. You know, you look at his young life, and you're like, you know, in many ways, he, he wasn't any different. From us, I mean, he was remarkable. He had some remarkable gifts that God had given him. But we all, we all, we all have gifts that God's given us, and, and then how is God calling us to use that, right? But he, um, uh, what I love about his story is that it shows, it shows that our God is the God of history. You know, through his story, you see God's hand at work in in this seemingly hopeless time, and that should give us hope today that in our darkness, in our challenges. God is at work in that, and God is not only the God of history, but He's the God of our personal lives. God is personally invested in our individual lives, you know, and, uh, and, and has died on the cross to redeem us individually, you know, not just society. And so, but in John Paul's story, his young life, you see all of that, and it gives such inspiration and hope, you know, especially today as, as we struggle, uh, and people are struggling individually with so many things, we're struggling as a society with so many things. There's a lot of hope in John Paul's story. And, um, and, and what I love too is just, you know, being able to tie into the artistic elements of, of his life and him as an artist. So we, you know, we get into in the play, his work in the underground theater. I mean, he believed so much in the power of art, the power of beauty to transform lives and transform culture and lift people's minds and hearts to God that he was willing to risk his life to produce theater, you know, clandestinely. Cause if they would have been caught, they they would have been killed immediately. And then, you know, transitioned from that um, life-threatening activity to answering the call of God to become a priest. And if it hadn't been that calling to the priesthood, you know, he would have pursued a career in the theater. I and mean, he it was all of his theater friends that tried to dissuade him from entering the seminary, because they're like, you 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 believe that you have a vocation on the stage, and so do we, and you know, God's doing great things for you in the theater, you know? And, and uh, but it's just a remarkable life, you know, I mean, he... Family. We talk about the year of Saint Joseph and 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 the importance of family and family life. And and John Paul had a beautiful family, but it was just marked by tragedy. You know, his mother died when he was just nine years old, and then uh, his his brother, who you know, after his brother went to medical school, became a doctor. And after that time, John Paul really started developing a closer relationship with his brother. And then his brother contracted scarlet fever from one of his patients and died just three days later after contracting scarlet fever. Um, and then, you know, and then his father became ill, you know, John Paul was caring for him in the midst of the Nazi occupation and having to be forced into, you know, manual labor and and doing the underground theater and underground university studies and was caring for his ailing father who was so close to his only immediate family member left. And then his father dies, you know, during the war. And it's just he, he left, you know orphaned, essentially, you know, he was 20 years old, but I mean, left with no immediate family, just his, his life marked by tragedy and suffering, and yet he came out of it with such faith, hope, and love that there's so much for us to learn in his life and story. And we get into all that in the low play.
2: Yeah, it's beautiful. And then how in the midst of that, he had also figures that turned him to prayer. And I, I recall one thing in reading his life, how he had a, a big influence in, on Carmel, and then also devotion to the Blessed Mother. Uh, so the, yeah. and the, that there were so many things that were balancing out and, and he certainly our Lord's preparing him through all of this drama and struggle, uh, which you capture in the play that you capture glimpses of this, uh, uh in the play Lolek, uh, that how this life formed and in the crucible of suffering and tragedy, and yet in glory and triumph, Even to his end, I think at the near the end of his life, how great of a witness he was to the world, to the dignity of life, to the sanctity of aging, uh, how everything has a purpose, Uh, and I I think his the beauty of his life capped off with passing away, dying on the the eve of divine mercy, Uh, during yeah yeah yeah, during Easter week, (laughs) boy yeah yeah God God sure used him to the max in a sense, so. Great, yeah, Jeremy. Absolutely.
0: And he never, he never would have gotten through those times without the power of prayer, you know, just radical surrender to God in prayer, and it's such a witness to us.
2: Yeah, Jeremy, we have uh, just less than a minute left with you. Can you uh, share again how, if someone wants to contact you to support your work or to uh, maybe uh, do a, a virtual
0: show with you, what would they need to do? Absolutely. So first of all, you can go to our website again, openwindowtheater.org. Uh, or just Google Open Window Theater. And um, uh, our box office number, if anybody has a pad of paper and pen with them, wants to write this down, is 612 615 1515. So 612 615 1515. And we can set up a virtual watch party for churches, parishes, school groups, co ops, you know, whatever it is. And, um, and individuals can go in and, uh, you know, watch our virtual performances. We also have LOLEC on demand now which is a rental you can watch anytime but if you join into the virtual performances you get interaction with us actors before and after the show so the actors are available for live interaction before the show live q a after the shows for the virtual performances
2: jeremy great to have you with us here this morning uh all the blessings upon you and our good listeners out there let's support jeremy and his great work of bringing beauty and truth and love into our faith through art thank you jeremy for being with us
0: thank you so much god bless you
1: Yeah, our our family was blessed to be at one of the Lolek performances before things were shut down in Minnesota, and I have to say that it's well worth the money, either either in person when you can or virtually. So openwindowtheater.org. Up next, look for a way to dive deeper into Scripture. Stay tuned for our next interview on Real Presence Live. Live,
0: engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live.